This week, the southern major city of Shenzhen in China's Guangdong Province celebrated the 40th anniversary of the establishment of the Shenzhen Special Economic Zone, China's first. The city of 13 million people has witnessed astonishing growth in those years, transforming from a fishing village into a modern high-tech metropolis. I'm Vincent Chow, a reporter at China Law and Practice and host of the China Law Podcast, a weekly podcast exploring China's business and financial sectors from a legal perspective. With me today to discuss the continued reform and opening up of the financial sectors in Shenzhen is Eric Liu, managing partner of Zhao Sheng Law Firm based in Beijing and Shanghai, where it is in a joint operation with global law firm Linklaters. Eric's work focuses on cross-border M&A and joint ventures, and particularly the financial markets and insurance sectors. In this episode, we discuss Shenzhen's new five-year development plan, loosening of rules surrounding foreign exchange and remittances, imminent stock market reforms, and more. Eric, welcome to the China Law Podcast. We're speaking on what is a very important week for Shenzhen, with celebration events happening all week, marking the 40th anniversary of the establishment of the Shenzhen Special Economic Zone. As someone who works with plenty of foreign investors and firms on their business in China, what, in your view, makes Shenzhen different from any other Chinese city? I think probably Shenzhen is the most dynamic city in China, probably also around the world,、um, because、uh, there are in total eight、uh, Fortune 500 entities incorporated in Shenzhen, including Pingai, including Huawei, including Tencent, including China Merchants Bank. So all of these、uh, big entities have been extremely successful in China, probably also in the world, and also Shenzhen is the I mean, at least on the mainland China side, is the biggest city among all the great Bay Area cities on the mainland side. So I think it, it's all of this makes sense for to for the central government to make Shenzhen as a pilot, you know, city for the purpose of deepening the reform. Right, and so we saw Shenzhen designated as a model city for development last year、uh, by the the central government, and more recently,、um, just earlier this month, we saw、um, the central government release a detailed, or let's say a more detailed,、uh, five-year development plan for the city、uh, than we've seen previously. So, what was your main takeaway from that document? There have been a number of、uh, pilot schemes, like、uh, Shanghai Free Trade Zone. Like Shanghai, like probably more broadly, like GBA and、uh, Shenzhen being such part scheme, such part city for further reform. I think it's a big signal from the central government to the world that the Chinese government has been very serious about that. And、uh, Shenzhen, given the population, given the status of Shenzhen, if we put Shenzhen as a part scheme, part city. I think this is、uh, probably demonstrate the central government、uh, how serious central government about further opening up the market to the world. Let's look more specifically at the financial sector then, given that that's one of your main practice areas. What are the main areas that the local Shenzhen government and the national、uh, the central government have focused on in terms of、uh, introducing reforms to attract foreign investment?、Um, I think this is also part of the GBA initiative. And、uh, actually, I visited Shenzhen just one month ago. I actually visited the Shanghai authorities in terms of the GBA initiative、um, because a lot of my international financial institutions、uh, they were asking about so what kind of uh, uh, further opening up the policies that will be implemented、uh, in Shenzhen, in Shanghai, or also in GBA. So I think、uh, one of the the key initiatives around this round. 
for furthering open up it's uh it's uh, um, the internal internalization internationalization of RMB and also uh, the potential um, cross-board uh, remittance of forex there have been um, quite a few initiatives being discussed like wealth management connect like insurance connect uh, which theoretically speaking should allow individuals to buy offshore financial products i think this is a big step uh, at least in terms of uh, forex control in china this is also uh, particularly mentioned in the the five year plan of shenzhen early this month and uh, i think also we are still waiting for uh, more detailed implementing rules to come i expect that at least in shenzhen uh, there should be some more you know favorable policies to be issued to allow a free movement of uh, forex uh, between shenzhen and hong kong so this wealth management connect was announced in june uh, which will allow the purchasing of wealth management products across the greater bay area although no date has been set for when it will be officially launched and the insurance connect that you also mentioned uh, that has still not been announced yet uh, although there's been uh, a lot of reports about that being imminent uh but nonetheless you know when it comes to capital account liberalization these new sh- initiatives will represent a breakthrough does it not as we will see more uh rmb flowing between the mainland and hong kong and macau uh yes i think probably we can look into this um this issue uh, from two angles one is uh one is uh, uh capital outflow i mean from china mainland china to hong kong uh i think uh, also to facilitate the rmb liberalization or interna- internationalization i think it's more likely that residents in shenzhen uh, will be allowed to buy offshore financial products by using their rmb proceeds so the conversion will take place outside china for example in hong kong so that actually hong kong will have more rmb flowing to hong kong this i think this will significantly help uh, facilitate Uh, the RMB internalization but on the other way in terms of capital inflow i think the regulator will allow chinese entities to have more freedom to convert forex exchange received from offshore into RMB for example previously a foreign invested entity they are subject to they were subject to lots of restriction to convert their forex capital into RMB they need to have a very legitimate reason for the purpose of such conversion but i would expect going forward entities forex for foreign investor entities in china they will have more freedom to convert their forex capital into RMB for example for the purpose of further investment equity investment in china technically although this has been allowed but still subject to a lot of restriction locally but i would expect uh, the regulator will further liberalize uh, such conversion going forward uh, i recall that safe so china's uh, foreign exchange regulator announced last year that foreign investors can invest in domestic equity with their foreign reserves but i believe there were still quite a few strict rules um, surrounding that yeah i think the, yeah because uh, folks just give some examples uh, in some cities in china an entity cannot still cannot convert their forex capital into rmb uh, for equity investment unless their business scope their approved business scope includes uh, investment and uh, and uh, however in practice uh, it has been quite difficult to include investment 
as being in scope, within that being in scope, because of uh, some other reasons, for example, the P2P scandals and the crisis in China. So if you would like to put investments onto your business scope, you need to get a separate consent or approval from the local financial bureau. And the local financial bureaus, uh, they have been taking a very you know, conservative view, a very stringent approach when approving such business scope. So that effectively means that it has been quite difficult to convert your forest capital into MB just for the purpose of equity investment. So that's something to look out for because the, the Shenzhen five-year plan clearly states that foreign exchange is a key area of reform. Um, and if you move beyond just Shenzhen and look at its place in the Greater Bay Area more generally, we've seen some further reforms making it easier for cross-border business to be conducted in recent years. And one of these is that you particularly want to highlight is uh, for cross-border asset transfers. I think all these uh, cross-board kind of transactions actually are relating to the capital outflow, okay? So because of the forex restriction, uh, it has created a lot of uh, difficulties um, for both domestic investors and also offshore investors in terms of uh, cross-board transactions. So if um, the forex, uh, the cross-border remittance, the cross-border remittance, also the conversion between RMB and the foreign exchange uh, will be liberalized. I think it will significantly facilitate cross-border transactions, including cross-border transfer of assets. Right. And so when we're talking about assets here, we're talking about things like non-performing loans and trade finance assets, etc. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So let's move on to another major financial area, which is the stock market. And so Shenzhen is home to one of the two main exchanges in China, the other being in Shanghai. And that's been an area where we've seen plenty of reform in recent months. Uh, what stood out to you from the five-year plan uh, in terms of the capital market uh, reforms? I think uh, I think one of the uh, key highlights um, I personally have seen in the five-year plan is CDR. So CDR stands for Depository Receipts, uh, and they allow Chinese investors to buy shares in overseas listed companies. For example, Chinese companies listed overseas like Alibaba, but also you know overseas listed foreign companies like HSBC. Yeah, Depository Receipts, China, yeah. China Depository Receipts. This is uh, something a few years ago is uh, called the International Board. Xiaomi, Xiaomi is the you know the biggest uh, one of the biggest tech company yeah. in China. And the Xiaomi uh, intended to the first CDR uh, probably one and a half year ago. Uh, for some reasons, that attempt was uh, was aborted for some commercial reasons. And now I think in the five-year plan, CDR uh, has been mentioned again. So I would expect that uh, some tech companies in Shenzhen uh, will be allowed to issue CDR. Right. The, and the five-year plan says that Shenzhen will pilot the issuance of CDRs by innovative enterprises, something that has never happened before? Never happened before. Okay. And, and that is something we might see in Shenzhen first, whereas we've seen quite a few stock market reforms in mainland China originating in Shanghai in recent months. For example, the Star Board, which was launched last year, which liberalized, uh, among other things, the listing rules. Yeah, I think I think this is also because the central government uh, would like to balance, you know, uh, the one is the advantage of introducing uh, foreign investors into the Asia market, and the other is to minimize the impact on the existing, you know, Asia market. Because a few just give some background. A few years ago, and uh, um, there was a rumor that uh, HSBC or Coca Cola. 
uh, all of these big Chinese, big entities, international entities, they have been very successful in China, uh, will be allowed to, you know, uh, get listed in China. And uh, and uh, also this is uh, to, I think the main purpose behind that is to, to open the capital markets to international companies and also to international investors. But for some reasons, I think the international companies got listed in China, uh, this initiative has been suspended because of the you know, poor performance of the Asia market. And, uh, and uh, a few years later, and uh, the CDR initiative was introduced. I think, it's, uh, it's, uh, I think it's very probably encouraging to see that in the five-year plan, CDR was uh, re-mentioned. So we've talked about Hong Kong quite a bit, um, both in the context of the Greater Bay Area as well as the Ma- Wealth Management Connect. How do you see the the greater integration of the, the mainland and Hong Kong economies through the Greater Bay Area? Um, how do you see this impacting um, cross-border transactions uh, uh, involving you know foreign financial firms and investors, um, especially as we can anticipate the loosening up of rules surrounding forex control? From my perspective, at least uh, I think in my point of view, I think Shenzhen, uh, the big advantage of Shenzhen or Great Bay Area is the population. Okay, is the increasing population of middle class in China on the mainland side. Um, people in China, they do have, uh, you know, strong demand for high quality uh, financial products to diversify their investment, diversify their, to properly allocate their assets. Because of the, again, because of the forex control, because of the restriction over out, capital outflow, uh, those uh, group of people, uh, they do not have uh, many choices in terms of uh, investment products. And, uh, and uh, I think on the, chi- on the Hong Kong side, I think there are a lot of uh, international uh, leading financial institutions, they can offer lots of uh, financial products. And uh, because of the forex control, um, PS individuals, they had to fly to Hong Kong to buy those products. But the difficulty was how they can bring money out of China to Hong Kong. So if there's a legitimate channel for um, PRC residents to have access to uh, various financial advanced, sophisticated financial products offered by international finance institutions. This is not just the good news, good news to market players in Hong Kong, but also good news to PRC residents. So I think I think if the stock connect or not stock connect, if the wealth management connect, if the insurance connect can be properly put in place. I think it will significantly, um, I think, boost the economy of Hong Kong and also give uh, PRC residents more choices in terms of uh, financial products they would like to invest in. So what further reforms would attract even more foreign investment into Shenzhen and the surrounding region, in your view? What will attract foreign investment, foreign investment most in Shenzhen is, uh, first of all, is uh, the free flow of capital. Okay, not just uh, cross-border emittance, but also conversion. And the other is uh, quite a few of my international clients, they were thinking of whether they can set up something in Shenzhen for the purpose of uh, facilitating marketing their offshore products to PRC residents. And uh, this relates to the business scope, the permitted business scope of the new entities to be set up by, for example, Hong Kong financial institutions. If the local entities 
can help their cross-border business, can help sell more products offered by the Hong Kong um, companies like insurance company. I think there will be a lot of foreign companies. They would very keen to set up presence in Shenzhen because uh, previously they have to adopt a flying flyout model and, uh, and the marketing business, marketing activities were subject to a lot of restrictions. And uh, so if they can set up, for example, a pre-sale or post-sale service center for the purpose to uh, market their offshore products, I think they will be very much welcomed by, by foreign investors. Right. And unfortunately, that wasn't addressed in the five-year plan. It was not, but it was uh, sort of mentioned in the Great Bay Area Initiative. Although I think the wording was quite vague, the implementing rules are still being discussed by the central government to see to what extent uh, those uh, entities can do. Okay, so expansion of business scope and the ease with which foreign firms can set up their presence in Shenzhen. Those are the keys for you. Yeah, because the foreign, the foreign ownership restriction in many sectors have been removed, as I think at least in the financial sectors have been removed. For example, a foreign investor can set up a 100% owned securities company, futures company, mutual funds in, in China. So the foreign ownership restriction is no longer an issue. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the issue will be how uh, Chinese you know, authorities can attract more foreign investors into China when the business scope can be expanded if uh, and the new entities can be uh, used as a channel between uh, Chinese uh, residents, Chinese customers, and uh, I think the, the pro- product offering companies outside China, I think this is something uh, foreign investors will be very much looking to. Okay, well, overall then, what, in your view, are the most exciting investment opportunities in Shenzhen for multinationals and foreign investors? I think investment and opportunities, I would say insurance. Mm. I think insurance companies in China and also wealth management companies in Shenzhen is uh, because of the reasons I just mentioned. China has a large you know, volume of middle class population and they do have a lot of uh, legitimate needs to diversify their investment and also to have a proper decent insurance plan and pension scheme is something that middle class people will be very much, you know, interested in. And, uh, and, uh, and given the lack of, uh, you know, experience in wealth management, in insurance sectors, and uh, Shenzhen probably can leverage that to introduce more foreign investment into Shenzhen to offer more products to their target customers in China. Uh, we have been advising quite a number of uh, f- uh, international financial institutions, insurance and also wealth management sectors to help them set up entities in China, probably not, not just in Shenzhen, but also in Shanghai and Beijing. And we can leverage a Linklater's network uh, to, and also the global knowledge to help international customers, international uh, investors coming to China. Okay, well, Eric, thanks for joining me today. And thank you for listening to the China Law Podcast, a weekly discussion of China's business and financial sectors from a legal perspective. Make sure to check out our website, chinalawandpractice.com, to keep up to date with the latest Chinese legal and business news through our in-depth analyses, including contributions from our network of leading lawyers and in-house counsel, as well as full access to a searchable database of English full translations of PRC legislation going back 33 years. Trials are available, so do get in touch if you'd like one. We'll be back next week with another episode. Stay tuned and thanks again for listening.